Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is a ripper episode. I'm sitting down with Sammy Rose. Now, she's a health coach, mindset coach, hype girl, as she calls herself, but incredible story. She's been through like both ends of the spectrum with her own fitness journey from being quite underweight and doing like bikini comps to being quite bad with her food and being larger for her size is the words that she uses, but such an incredible journey she's been through herself, working on herself, self-discovery, self-awareness, and she's now helping a lot of people with their, own, with their own challenges, whether that be binge eating or food or training or mindset and all that good stuff. So incredible podcast, really tune in guys. This is going to help you out massively if you're looking for more awareness or skills or help with your own personal journey with health and fitness or weight loss or weight gain or finding balance or health, whatever you want to call it. Incredible episode guys. So strap in, enjoy and enjoy the podcast. Boom, we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm with Sammy Rose, trainer, mindset coach, hype girl, and a beautiful girl as well. Thank you for coming in earlier and having a good chat with us, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, like, really enjoying this ocean view right now. Yes, we are in an Airbnb, and it looks stunning. So we'll show you a bit of a video later on. Um, Sammy, what uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we can talk about anything that you want, I guess. I'm a pretty open book. Um, You'll probably see on my social media, I talk about a bunch of stuff. I'm obviously a health and fitness coach, but I love focusing on mindset and positive body image and a good relationship with food. Um, So yeah, I'm a mixed bag. Feel free to incredible. my brain. What I would love to do is, I'm mainly doing it my podcast as well, is really hear your story. So if you were to say, give me a trailer to the Uh movie of who you are, what would that trailer look like? Oh, this is like a, I have to try and keep it yeah. brief because I, oh, I, I go off on a I've had, I've had um, I said before we started, I had a girl, I asked the same question and she went for 28 minutes straight. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care. So if you want to go for two minutes or 25 minutes, I don't that's care. Not so, a that's so, not a that's the, so, um, yeah, tell us what, uh, who are you? How did you get to where you are today? So, yeah, I guess taking it back to the early years, I was never really an active kid. I wasn't sporty or anything like that, but I did dance, um, and I was always kind of on the chubby side, not a really big person, but I just always felt really self-conscious about my weight. Um, I was always, like, more chubby than, like, the kids in my dance class and my friends at high school and stuff like that, so that was kind of what led me on my health and fitness journey. Um, And I got to a point where I was in my early 20s, maybe around 23, where I was at my highest weight um, and I knew that I wasn't looking after myself. I was eating really badly. I wasn't really exercising very much at all. Um, So I kind of went on my own little, like, trying to lose weight, trying to get healthy, trying to get more active and fit and all that stuff. Um, And that was really good for me to kind of kick things off and find, like, a passion for the gym. I really got into it. I got a personal trainer. Um, I was feeling really good about myself, Um, not just so much about the weight loss, but just for the first time, I was really looking after myself. Awesome. I love that. um, Which was a really nice feeling. And obviously, like, through losing weight, I gained a lot of confidence too, which was just something that I guess it was holding me back. It wasn't necessarily the weight. It was just more how I felt about myself. So the confidence was never really there until the age of 23? Yeah, pretty much. I think, I mean, I was always a pretty positive person, but I think it was a bit of a fake it till you make it in terms of confidence. I think I was... Wearing a mask? Yeah. I, I did feel really insecure, but I would be like the funny one and the loud one to try and like... Mask it. Yeah, basically. Um, So for the first time, I kind of felt like I was feeling really good about myself and yeah, just really fell in love with like getting more fit and strong. Um, And that's sort of what kicked things off to get this into my new career, really. So I was in a completely different field. 
Um, and over time, I just, yeah, fell more in love with it and decided to do a personal training course cool. a few years into my journey. How old are you at this time? Um, probably like 27. Cool. Um, yeah. And at the time I was like, I don't know if I'm actually going to be a personal trainer, but I'll just do the course, see how I feel about it. If anything, I'll just learn more for myself. Um, and once I started training other women, I just, I loved the empowering feeling that I could give to them. Cause I was like, well, this is a feeling I felt myself. Like I want other people to experience this. Um, and yeah, from there, I think things just kind of grew and evolved and I did some bodybuilding competitions as well. Yeah, we spoke, we spoke yeah, about that before we started. I'd love to hear about that. Part of my wild mm. journey for yep. two years. Um, it was a very intense <laughs> phase in my life. Yeah, we'll definitely go back and talk about yeah. it, but continuing, but um, I definitely want to hear a little bit about yeah, what happened Yeah, well, I learned a lot from that experience, but I guess that really kind of shaped who I am now because I experienced both ends of the spectrum from being 75 kilos and pretty big for my size I'm pretty sure I was in the obese category at yep. that time to 49.9 kilos when I was competing so holy shit 25 kilo difference yeah. for someone I'm 5'1 I'm yeah, tiny you're, you're tiny so, yeah like, that was quite a big difference um and coming out of that is sort of where I really hit my stride and became I guess more who I am today which is finding that balance in between and um you know not being my heaviest weight where I wasn't looking after myself, but not being my lowest weight where I also wasn't looking after myself. I was really neglecting my mental health and my mm. hormones in order to look that way. So I've kind of found that place in the middle now where I feel super comfortable with my body. Awesome. I don't obsess over it. I live a really healthy and balanced lifestyle. And I guess that's really what I want to teach other people to do too. There we go. That was good. That was only like five and a half minutes. That okay. was good. That, that was, was really a, good. An extended trailer. That's good. <laughs> I um, There's so many things I'd love to dive into, especially the bodybuilder stuff, but I'd even like to go back a little bit because you mentioned something and I'd even like to ask you a couple of questions around that. You said you were never really confident. Mm-hmm. Now, I would love to know where that started because in my experience so far, I've never met a five-year-old who's not confident. So for me, you're not born, in my my belief anyways, is you're not born unconfident. You'd yeah. pick that story up. It's yeah. like you don't come out of the womb being unconfident, right? Yeah, so, so it's like you've picked it up somewhere and you mentioned things like words you use, like you're the, the chubbier side when mm-hmm. you're growing up and stuff. Where did the lack of confidence or the low confidence, where did that really even start if you were to think back? Well, I remember the first time someone called me fat. That's I was what I, that's seven years old. Cool, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so tell me about that. Um, it was like after a dance class, and I was like hanging out with some of the brothers from like the girls in my class, and I was wearing this little like two piece. I think it was like a kind of a bikini crop top thing yeah. that I was wearing instead of a leotard because it was really hot. It was like yeah. summer, and like it was a passing comment, but one of the boys was like you're fat, your stomach's wow, fat. Wow, yeah. And I, like, that was the first time, I guess, that I ever thought of being fat as a bad thing. Mm. Like, I, I knew that there were smaller bodies and there were bigger bodies and, you know, when you're a kid, you just, you don't think anything of it. You're just like, this person looks different to this person. Because there's like, no judgment as a kid. No, and that's the thing. And that was the first time that I felt like it was a bad thing and that mm. it was something that I should be worried about, I guess. Yeah. Um, And I don't think I thought too much about it, but it's like, I remember, you remember that it. day. I remember the, the little blue and pink outfit that I was wearing, like, and who said it? And it's like one of those, I guess, like, yeah, I can definitely pinpoint it back to that. And there was just, you know, a few comments here and there yeah. um, as I was growing up. And like, yeah, my dad would make a few passing comments yeah. since I was a little on the chubby side. And it was like, 
I wasn't even a huge kid, but yeah. it was one of those things that I'm like, oh, am I meant to feel bad about this? Yeah. And that just kind of started to build this insecurity within me. And I guess, like, it didn't really hit until probably more my teen years. Yeah, cool. When I was really, you know, in high school and comparing myself to all the other girls and my group of friends were beautiful (laughs) blonde thin like all the boys loved them and I just always felt like I was like never as good as them and I didn't get as much attention and I wasn't as pretty or as this or that and like that was um definitely something that was my own issue no one really made me feel that way especially not my friends um but I guess that just yeah built a lot of insecurity that compounded over the years and especially as I gained more weight I just really began to kind of correlate my self-worth with how I looked 100% um and in those teen years it's like you know boys do that or you know other girls pick on you or whatever it is like it's like like those tiny little comments that feed over the years that just really make you like everything accumulates I guess um so yeah like I got I had, like, my first serious boyfriend when I was, like, 19, and I gained a fair bit of weight when I was with him. Um, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many people do. Yeah. Like, I think I gained probably, like, 10 kilos, though, within the space yeah. of, like, a year or two. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started to feel really self-conscious because he would, like, kind of make jokes and, like, yeah. have digs at me, and he was not a very nice person, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, and made me feel really bad about, like, having gained weight, and I'm like, you ordered the pizza. Yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I just got to that point in my early twenties and we had broken up. Um, and that was a pretty shitty relationship. So I was glad to be done with it, but I was at that point where I was at my heaviest weight. I found myself single. I felt too self-conscious to like put myself out there. I was like, fuck, like, yeah. how am I going to like date anyone or, you know, I couldn't even imagine taking my clothes off in front of anyone because I couldn't even go to the beach in a bikini. That's how, like, self-conscious I was. I don't even think I wore a bikini at the beach until I was probably 26. Mm. I was, like, all through my early 20s, it was always, like, shorts or, like, a T-shirt over my bikini. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And, like, even... um, And this is the stuff that really fascinates me. It's, like, you said, like... Before that comment, when you were seven, mm-hmm. when they had the dancing, did you ever, if you can think back to that time, did you ever have issues with confidence prior to that? I don't think so. I was a pretty, like, happy kid, mm. and I was, like, a really big performer, and I was really sassy, and I'd always want my mom to, like, video me doing dances and things yeah. like that, and I don't think I was necessarily, like, I didn't lose my confidence instantly in that moment, but it's just that's, Started, like, the that's first, That was the starting point, right? Yeah, it was, like, the planted the seed yeah. of doubt in my head about myself yeah and we won't turn this this um this podcast into a, a, a coaching conversation but it's like i just think it's so fascinating that like literally the words you can say to people especially at that young age mm. if they pick up that story yeah. and it gets stacked on to something else by a comment by your dad that you yeah. mentioned and things from kids at school you hung mm. out with the pretty girls and they would have said like things would have been said during that period it's yeah. like that over a long period of time can really affect someone's confidence yeah. and their self-worth and how they put themselves out there their body image self like all the words you're saying so i just think it's fascinating that li- literally a word can get that started mm-hmm. and the thing you can do over to come that back i said we're not going to turn this podcast into that um <laughs> So, what do you do now, like, to uh, help people with these? Is this where your passions come from? Is this yeah. where, like, you obviously, because a lot of people's purpose comes out of their pain. Like, mm-hmm. they, I was really, you, um, you've been through your own journey. Is that now what's 
put you into what you do now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess like once I started personal training, um, that was when I was really in the zone of like, I'd lost weight. I was feeling really good about my body. Um, and I was really about like, rah, rah, let me help you lose weight. Let me help you get really fit and strong. And that was like, it was really rewarding at the time because that's where I was at in my own journey. Whereas now that I've learned that I, I took things personally too extreme. Um, I dieted way too hard for way too long. I was like killing myself to like, while I was competing, like to lose that weight. Um, never taking rest days, all that awful stuff that I do not (laughs) recommend. Um, and so like now that I've kind of found that balance, like that's more what I want to help people with. Um, so yeah, really focusing more on a positive relationship with food, self care is super important, you know, sleep routines and like just a more holistic approach, I guess, instead of just focusing on people's training and nutrition. I I love that. There's so many people that can give you a diet plan and a training plan and that's it, but it's not really going to improve your overall wellness um yeah and your mindset and i think that's really important to me so that's why now i'm studying a diploma in counseling because i really want to focus more on body image and um yeah positive relationship with food to really help people just feel better that's awesome i would love to hear if you were to maybe go back and coach yourself how would you help yourself out with these like you've got points within here when you're 19 when you're the seven-year-old and you heard those stories, 23 were the highest weight you were, mm-hmm. 75-ish yeah. or, or so. Like, how do you help people with all the things you've said? So if I was to come to you and say, hey, look, I'm struggling with my diet, my self-confidence, and like, how would you work through a client? Like, what 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 ways do you do? For someone that's listening to this, I'm sure they're going to hit you up anyways, but if, you, if this is the only part they hear from you, how would you help someone? Well, it's really hard because it is going to be person to person depending on what each person struggles with, but I guess that's the thing. I want to be the coach that I needed back then when I was a teenager obsessed with being thin or, you know, after competing and feeling like I was, I used to call myself a whale when I had gained like two Mm. kilos. Like I really just equated my self-worth with how I looked, Um, but experiencing you know my lowest weight when I had six pack abs and people would comment goals on my photos like my goal weight and my like peak physique didn't make me happy and I guess that's probably the one thing that I want to share with people is like yes if you want to lose some body fat and if you want to be healthier like that's perfectly fine but don't have that as like the ultimate when I reach this point I'll be happy because Mm. there's so many things that you can do right now to be happier to be healthier to be more confident that you don't have to wait until you get to that certain point because I got there and it did nothing for me why do you think so many people have that mentality because I I, not only weight but money relationships uh, body anything it's like I'll be happy when but it's like when you hit a goal, you generally set another one. Yeah. So it's like, how, why do you think in your in your your area of where you work, people set that goal or that that line in the sand that I will only be happy when I weigh this or I look like this? Why do people do that? Um, I think a big part of it is probably comparison. Like you'll see someone on social media that has the body that you want and they live a life that you want and they go on holidays and they are in their bikini and they feel really good or whatever it is and I think people just see that snippet of what someone else has and says oh that's what I want they look so happy and great and whatever I can't look like that I can't be like that because I don't look like that Mm. whereas it's like a they might not even be that happy it might not even be the real story on their social media if that's what you're comparing to um 
but also what's stopping you from feeling that way now like you don't have to look a certain way to be happy or to be confident in a bikini or to go on that holiday like it just makes me so sad when people are like oh I'll go on that like Bali trip when I've lost weight or I won't buy this particular outfit until I'm a size whatever yeah and it's like what's stopping you from doing that now it's only your own head like no one else what cares. would you say to someone like literally say say I'm say you're my coach mm-hmm. and you're coaching me and I'm like look I um I'm really caught up with the weight and I'm only going to be happy when I lose five kilos mm-hmm. like, like I won't be happy and I'm saying all the things I just said what would you say to me well, I like to get people, I guess, to visualize, like, what would your life look like if you lost that mm, five kilos? That's good. T- like, tell me what your day would be like. And once they go, oh, you know, I'd do this, I'd do that, and I'd feel this way, and I'd buy this or whatever, I'm like, okay, but all of those things are achievable right now. Aside from your body, which we can't obviously change instantly. That's but really cool. Why can you not start living your life that way now? If you, when you've lost five kilos, you get up and go for a walk in the morning and go for a dip in the ocean and then you go and you have, I don't know, whatever healthy thing you love having for lunch. Like what is stopping you from doing that right now? That's an awesome little thing you do. So you get them to focus on the outcome yeah. and just say, why can't you do that now? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you might not be able to do everything, but surely in that dream miracle scenario, there's a bunch of things that you could already be doing, but you're just putting everything on that one number on the scale or size of your clothing and you're holding the entire life back mm. when you don't really need to do that so I'd love to hear your take on one social media and then mental health let's mm-hmm. start with social media because mm-hmm. I think they'll tie into that what does social media play a role with these issues that you deal with from your own experience now but now the issues you're dealing with clients does social media play a role in that absolutely yeah I think um, especially these days having so many different people at your fingertips And seeing the ins and outs of their lives, it does really make it so much easier for you to compare compared to previous days where it was like, you know, you would only see people in maybe magazines and movies and it it wasn't so in your face. So now, you know, you can jump on your Instagram and see 25 different bodies in the space of like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a really big thing, especially for women, like, we all compare ourselves to people and always want something that we don't have. And it's, I think that can really play a part in how people see themselves, especially because social media is so filtered. It is a highlight reel. It is just people, you know, showing their best angles or their best moments. And, you know, even for someone like myself, I also show my low moments and I'll cry on my stories if I'm having a mental breakdown or I'll talk about my struggles but still, like, if I'm going to post a bikini photo, of course I'm going to post the one that I feel I look the best in. Yeah. You know, and that's not not in a catfishing way, yeah. but it's just, you know, it's natural human nature. Like, if you're going to do your hair and makeup, you want to look the best that you can. Like, it's the same thing. So I guess you have to just remember when you're on social media that this is just, like, one little slice of someone's day and it's the part that they choose to show you. And every other minute of that day they could be sitting in their sweatpants looking like a potato with toothpaste on their pimple like you know you you don't see all of that and so you sit there with toothpaste on your (laughs) pajamas and like not moving from the couch for a whole day and you're like oh my god I'm never going to look like this other person but it's not it's not a whole picture how did you work on yourself 
to get because you 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 were that person yeah. that would compare would see someone from yeah. what I heard is that right yeah. you were that person you sure. were the person with yeah. the toothpaste yeah. comparing yourself to someone's highlight reel yeah. not their full story how did you work on that for you how did you get better no one's perfect I'm sure you yeah. still have challenges like I do um, but yeah how did you get to where you were were you at your lowest which was at 23 was that the lowest yeah, point for you to not. where you are now so where what was the like the main things you had to do to overcome that or work on that or improve um, that I guess like really intentionally trying less to compare myself which is how would you do that it's hard um i tried to diversify my feed and i think that's something i would really recommend to everyone is even if you're on a weight loss journey and you're following a bunch of people that you want to look like try and like keep it diverse try and have a range of different bodies a range of different personalities because i think like honing into like one look is where people really go wrong and they're like i just want to look like this i just want to have these abs and only this person is happy and it's that it's because they have abs yep. whereas you know i follow so many other bodies i follow body positivity pages nice. and like a lot of bigger girls and curvier people and i also follow thinner people and people with abs and i think for me that helps me see a really well-rounded approach of a bunch of people that are confident and they're confident in all different bodies yeah and what's stopping me from being confident you know i'm somewhere in that realm so i think that's the thing is when people just kind of only equate like a low body weight or you know a certain look to happiness it's like eh. whereas yeah getting a bit more of a range and just seeing like more options has been really helpful for me like especially in my phase of like weight gain after I was competing that was when I really went okay I need to follow less shredded people and more people that are just normal and balanced and happy and like more people that were good examples for me so that was really helpful this is more sort of towards how I work with people as well but would you is it fair to say that the people that are comparing they're comparing because they think there's something wrong with them yeah I think so but I also just think it's such human nature to compare and to want to be better or different or whatever it is but um, a lot of a lot of girls do think that whatever their flaw is or their particular issue that they hate about themselves like that might not be overly represented on social media. It might yeah. be that, you know, they have cellulite on their stomach and you might not see that on social media. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, if you follow more diverse pages and more people that look like mm. you now, that's interesting. you might be able to find more positive ways to see yourself. Mm. Because I have a lot of people that follow me that will comment things like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see someone that looks like me on my feed or it's so great to see someone my size being confident or in a bikini or whatever it is. And not like I'm trying to toot my own horn, but it's just like I want to kind of be representative of people that are, I guess, more like mid-sized, you know. I'm not not super thin, but I'm not like super large. And trying to show different angles of myself and say, here's me with my butt looking great, but also here's me slightly turned around and my butt's not looking so great and I've got cellulite as well and yeah. I have rolls and I have you know things that other people perceive as imperfections and I'm like well I don't give a shit like that's just part of me like how did you like I love that and um you've met my partner she's mm-hmm. in the room so she's um I I'm uh, I I love those posts like the one how it's like um a before and after five seconds apart like yeah. the like one looks sexual or hot or whatever you were yeah. attractive and then you've got the one with the, the rolls and the cellulite yeah. and stuff how did you get to the point where you were confident enough to post that stuff can you remember the first time you did that um yeah it was I probably like the, that around stuff. 
probably six months after I stopped competing when I had gained a bunch of weight pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I was feeling quite self-conscious yep. because I had built a bit of a following on looking a certain way and yeah. competing. We're going to talk about that after this. Yeah. Um, and I felt a little bit of pressure, but I was like, you know what? I'm never going to get over this if I hide myself away and not put myself out there. So I just kind of took a chance and I was like, I feel good today. I've been really working on myself. Um, and I put up a bikini photo and just kind of had to bite the bullet. I was like, I don't know how people are going to take it. How this. did you do it though? I'd love to know how you did it. Cause I, I love transparency. I love open, honest communication, transparent. You've you used that word before as well. And it's just like people, are trying to be, be a certain image or template or look for social media. Cause they think there's something wrong with them yeah. or they're comparing them or they need the attention. They're trying to get significance for whatever reason. And they're just not being the, the authentic genuine version of themselves. Yeah. And you said it before, you're quite a yeah. silly person. You yeah. like to have fun. You like to do that. But how did you get to the point where you're confident enough to actually post that type of stuff? Cause I think the world needs more of it. Personally, yeah. I would love more people like you. I'd yeah. love more people to post a photo where there's a bit of cellulite there yeah. because 95% of women have it. Yeah. It's like, it's normal to have have a role there because like me sitting down right now I probably got roles on right now it's like that's normal but people try to be perfect which yeah. doesn't exist yeah they're trying to have that image around it but you're you're not in that anymore mm. you used to be from what you said yeah. like when you're in the bodybuilder sort of yeah. stage but you've gotten out of that which is fucking inspiring so I love yeah. that so well done how did you do that Honestly, it was like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Um, and I was really blessed in that I did have a social media following that stuck with me. And I had always thought, oh shit, like if I gain weight, all these people that followed me through my competing journey and they followed me because I had abs, like they're all going to leave. And I was like, you know what? Too fucking bad. This is how I look now. I don't That's know if awesome. I'm ever going to look any different. And I was like, I feel pretty good today you know it was like I was having a good day but yeah. I was still like scared as shit to post a bikini photo when I was like 10 maybe even 15 kilos more than I was a few months before um so I definitely I wasn't like 100% there I wasn't 100% confident when I posted this first what photo. did you say if you go back to the moment can you remember when you posted it yeah I remember I was wearing like a little purple bikini it was like a new bikini I'd bought um and I probably took like when, 50 photos when did you like when like date wise like was it a year ago two years ago when did you start uh, doing probably this? about two years ago yeah cool. yeah perfect. um yeah it would be right about two years ago now um and and yeah, I was just like... And I go, just, to, go to the moment and like what... Because I'm sure like we've all done, you've put the photo up and you're typing the caption, deleted it, did yeah. it again, like you, like you thought about, should I do it, should I not? Like what caught you to to do it? Um, I knew it would help other people because... There we go. That's what I... I you know, had a lot of people that had been messaging me throughout my sort of weight gain phase um, that were like, hey, I'm really glad you're talking about this. I'm glad you're, you know, letting people know that you're struggling with binge eating like I do the same or, um, and, you know, my biggest thing is that I do want to be really relatable on my social media. I want to be honest at all times. And I was like, oh, this terrifies me. I took like 50 photos and like tried to whittle down to the one that I felt like was the best, the one, yeah. you know. Um, and I was like, fuck, I just, I need to post it because A, I need to remind myself that I don't look terrible and that I look like a normal person. I'm just comparing myself to where I was six months ago, which mm. was too thin. Um, and B, like, I know people are going to benefit from just seeing me putting myself out there. Even if I don't feel a thousand percent confident yet, it might help someone else who's also not feeling That's that awesome. confident. 
That um, is awesome. And, like, I was just really lucky, and I know, like, it shouldn't, I shouldn't take, like, outside approval as, yep. like, you know. That's okay. But it was really nice to have people stick by me through this phase where I thought I was going to have my following and my business just go to shit because I'd lost weight and to have yeah, people... Well, so we'll keep going. What were you doing for work at this stage? I was coaching at that stage. Bodybuilding people? Um, not necessarily, more just general lifestyle clients, yeah, okay. um, but all females. Yeah. Um, and yeah, doing their training and their nutrition. I'd done cool. my ISSN sports nutrition certification, so mm-hmm. I was doing like macros and everything like that mostly I guess fat loss was like the biggest thing that people were coming to me for yep. so I was like fuck like am I a fraud now yeah. that I'm gaining weight and I'm trying to help people lose weight and that was really scary for me to be honest and say yeah I've gained this much weight because I'm struggling with disordered eating yeah. and to be able to help other people like for me I can really separate it and I know exactly what to tell other people to do 100%. but I was just struggling myself um, and it was more of a mental thing than anything. And I love how relatable you are when you do it because it's like you, we, I think we were spoken about before it, like people when they're in the fitness industry and in the, in the bodybuilder or, or, or just personal trainer industry in general, they, a lot of people have the perception if they're not the immaculate body, the beautiful, like, like cheese grater abs, <laughs> like the beautiful ass, the big tits and yeah. all that stuff that, that they're not going to have clients or they're not going to yeah. be successful. But in my experience, the more vulnerable you are, the more real you are, the more relatable you are. Yeah. That's when you'll generally have an influx of clients. That's yeah. my, was that your experience? Yeah, as well? for sure. Um, I guess the thing is like at that time, like I didn't really want to attract the client of clients of where I was at yep, because okay. I was struggling with my own stuff and I was like, you know what, I'm happy to keep helping people with their Aren't training. you doing that now though? I am now, but Isn't it took ironic. me a really long time, I guess, because I was like, I don't, while I was still struggling with it, I was like, I don't have the life experience to actually help you get out of it because I haven't gotten out of it yet. Yep. Um, versus now, I haven't binged in two years. I feel really good about my relationship with food. I'm really balanced. You know, awesome. My weight will fluctuate, but I can go to Europe for two months and eat whatever the heck I want and Fuck come yeah. back and be maybe three kilos heavier and I'm like, eh, whatever, like I had a good time. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things that like I have a bit more perspective now where I genuinely can help people improve their relationship with food and, you know, get into a better mindset where they're not so all or nothing. Um, but yeah, there was that kind of initial phase where I was like, I don't feel ready to help people with this yet. I'm happy to be open on my social media yep. and let people know that they're not alone if they're struggling. But like, I wasn't ready to kind of put steps in place for other people because I was still working out how to get out of it myself. Awesome. Um, so it was a really hard time for my business, I guess, because I didn't want to be full of shit and, you know, being one person personally and being another person in my business but it was really important to me to just keep focusing on like doing the best I could for my clients which had nothing to do with me and what I was what was happening personally Um, but now that I have shown people how I've gotten out of that and shown them the life that I live now and I think that's kind of what attracts the kind of clients I have now is that they're like we see that you are comfortable in your body that you are balanced that you can eat whatever and pretty much maintain your weight and like they kind of just want to have that stress-free health and fitness that I have now versus like the high stress situation I used to have. Perfect. There's a quote that Kerwin Ray said ages ago, and I just always remember it. It's like you always teach the information that you need to hear yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's always, you're, you're always the best client for what you teach. So it's yeah. like, say you teach mental health or the mm-hmm. stuff you do now, it's like you you need to teach that to yourself or something like yeah. that. Like, it just always stuck with me. Yeah. So um, it's just quite relevant when I heard that. Um, two things I love to hear is uh, the bodybuilding okay. phase in your life. Please right. tell me, because I didn't realize, I know you'd done a comp because um, <laughs> I've seen your stuff. Um, but yeah, tell us that whole journey. Because it was a, not, you said nine comps in you Nine so. shows in holy, two years. Holy yep. shit. So you tell for people if they're not even aware what, what do you mean when we say do a comp what do you mean um so it was a bikini bodybuilding competition yep. so basically um like a physique competition i started prepping for that in 2014 and i guess the reason i got into it was yeah i want to uh, know why you started yeah it was a friend a friend of mine had a sister who was competing and yep. she was like come along watch the show and i was like cool like i'd lost a bunch of weight already by then um i'd already started my pt certification and i was just like intrigued i yep. guess and I saw all these people in their tans and their like white teeth and their shiny hair and they were all like happy on stage and I was like far out that looks like a lot of fun Fuck, okay. Um, and I was like their bodies look amazing like this is a great way to kind of push me to the end of my like health and fitness goals because I knew I'd like lost weight where I felt pretty good but I was like yeah where, where were you in your journey like, at the stage I'd gone from 75 kilos to maybe like 62 63 yep. which is like little lower than I am now and I was like oh and how old are you sorry weight. um I think like 26 26 so like and that. at this point before I let you keep going it's uh, were you at a point where you were like you weren't insecure you were happy with yourself you were that you balanced with yourself yeah. you were grounded with yourself I was actually in a really good place perfect cool um I mean obviously I still had my insecurities here and there we I still do, wanted right? to lose a bit more weight but I had lost that bunch of weight and maintained it pretty well for cool. at least a year or two at awesome. that point and I was like you know I'm training really well I'm getting stronger yeah. I'm looking after myself it was a bit of a mixed bag but I was pretty relaxed in my approach to food at the time so it was like I wish I hadn't fucked with that yeah cool sorry <laughs> um but I was like you know this is a great way to just like push myself see if I can get abs or whatever yeah um, so I jumped into it and yeah, I prepped for my first show and my first prep was really not too bad. I think the Did lowest... you have a coach as well? Yes, cool. I had a coach um, and the lowest my calories were was about 1550, which... That's not too bad. Not too bad at yeah. all, especially for someone like... I'm quite small. Yeah. So that was manageable. There was a few hangry moments. Yeah, cool. Um, but it was like relatively healthy and I looked pretty good and I yeah. did did fairly well on my first show I got a couple of placings just before you keep going with that so what would you say was your motive for doing it and the reason I was asking that is because I see a lot of people that do it out of insecurity rather out of love for themselves and they want to push themselves so what would you if you categorize your motive Um, what was your motive to get up there I think it was I personally don't want to do one (laughs) it's like I couldn't be fucked I couldn't be fucked and the fact and the fact (laughs) you just said that I wouldn't suggest doing it and yeah. I'll ask about it after you've told the journey through it but what was your motive at the start when you were 26 and you saw these glamorous people with the teeth and the tan and the abs and the booty I thought it was an end goal I thought it was a way to achieve a certain body and I didn't realise that those people stepping on stage couldn't stay looking like that Okay. I cool. thought that that was they got on stage they, they worked for it and then they got there and then they stayed there and yeah. that's the girls in the magazines and that's the girls on the front of you know yep. Oxygen Mag or whatever yep. um, or like the bikini models that I follow so it's like I I thought that that was it like that was that was that's my end goal and I was like awesome like I'm gonna get there I'll see how far I can push myself and then this will be like I'll finally like tick off my fitness journey. Cool. Sweet. All right. Um, Perfect. But then, yeah, that's, cool. that's how that. that's the fine. cycle kind of started because then I competed and then I ate a lot after my first show. I gained like, I don't know, maybe like five or six kilos. Like it wasn't yep. anything crazy. Yeah. That was still like a normal 
small body. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, like this show was really fun, and also I loved how I looked, and now I don't look like that anymore. I better do another show and just like kind of next time mm. I'll do it better, and next time I'll reverse diet out of it yeah. and I'll stay looking that way. This was just like a a little hiccup along yeah. the way, and I was like, and yeah, then I competed again and loved it and. Same thing. Same thing again. And it was like kept happening. And then there was like a point maybe around halfway through my competing journey where I did reverse diet successfully out of a show. Yeah. Um, But because I was... What do you mean by reverse dieting just for people? So for people who don't know what a reverse diet is, basically after you've been in a period of caloric restriction, um, you want to slowly increase your calories over time back to around maintenance level. Um, But it requires, I guess, a prolonged period of dieting because you're still below your maintenance so when you get off stage you're like fucking depleted starving. as fuck yeah. you just want to eat everything <laughs> so to think about still tracking your calories and still being hungry it's a big mental you're like right. fuck no i'm just gonna eat whatever i'll deal with it later that would probably be me yeah <laughs> so it's like a big like a yo-yo thing for me yeah. and it does like it's not it doesn't happen to everyone but yeah. i would say it happens more often than not that yeah. people do kind of rebound after a show because your body's primed to want to gain weight and it's upsetting because I, I'm going to let you keep going but it's like I, I know so many people just on the Gold Coast alone that yeah. they do a comp it becomes their pinnacle mm-hmm. of their fitness journey and they just put on the weight they put on not and not it's not even the weight for me anyways but their mental health goes yeah. through the ground yeah. and then you'll see it's, it's like I don't really take the piss out of them but it, I just find it ironic that you see flashback Thursday every Thursday of them back on stage but it's yeah. like that's not you anymore yeah. that's yeah you look fit but yeah. you can just see in your face you're not healthy you yeah. can see it in your eyes you're not okay well that's so. the thing I looked fit I guess um, and people would write like goals and oh my god I want your abs and stuff on well, my photos yeah. yeah but I was really struggling that entire time and towards the end my calories tell me about the struggle well doing pretty much back to back seasons for almost two years straight was really challenging because I would have that little like binge phase after a show I'd gain a few kilos and then it's like okay I'd have a week or two to kind of chill and then it was like straight back into the next prep for the next show because I had to undo all of the damage that I had you know damage in little air quotes yeah awesome Um, I had to lose that weight again before the next show and I had to always be leaner the next time because that was always my feedback was you need leaner legs or fitter leaner blah 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 blah. so it was like never good enough never good enough and it was it really like ate me up inside um so yeah like because I was dieting for such a long period of time, every time I had to go harder, I had to do more cardio, I had to eat less, and I was on like 1,100 calories by the end. It's kind of like we spoke about before, you set the goal, I'll be happy here. Yeah. But no. No. Because <laughs> when you hit a goal, you set a new one. Yeah. You do and a comp, like, you got to get fitter. Yeah. You and it was fitter. like, cool, I have abs, and people are complimenting me, but also the judges still said I needed to lose two more kilos. So. And how was your mental health during this? Towards, so bad. Towards the end of it, so especially. So bad by the end. I think like the first maybe year I wasn't too bad, but then that second year that I was competing where I was in that wormhole and I started to feel pressured to keep competing because that was kind of where my social media had grown. Yeah. Um, I was like, fuck, I need to keep doing this. I need to get better every time. I need to make sure I have a better package than the last time or else people will judge me for it. um, So it was just like a world of pressure, a world of low calories and a lot of cardio and 
like running myself into the ground. There was one time where I was on the Stairmaster and I literally fell off because I pretty much passed out. Because wow. I was so like, I was doing 90 minutes on the Stairmaster every day on top of my weight training. I had to break it up into chunks. I'd right. go to the gym two or three times in the day. I train like three times a week. Yeah, <laughs> well, same. Like it was just wild. I don't even know physically how I actually did it. Um, and, you know, my relationship was struggling. My friendships were struggling because I was like, I can't do anything. I can't eat anything. Like, Just your whole life, right? Yeah, it, it literally was all-consuming. Um, and, I mean, I did share parts of it on my social media and on my – The YouTube. highlight reel? Well, I, sh- I showed some of the lows as Good well. Good girl. Because I wanted uh, to be honest. So you'll be you're being transparent back at this stage as well? Not as much as I could have been, but yep. I did want to show people that it was hard yep. and that I felt like shit. Um, and there were times where... So I had a YouTube channel at the time that oh, I cool. like documented a lot awesome. of my prep journey. I have to check it um, out. And it's dead now, that oh, channel. It's, but it's, okay, okay, <laughs> it's well, still I'll... there, but you know, it's like old stuff and I can't even watch it because my face is so sunken in and sad. Yeah. But there was times where like I remember there was one vlog that I just sat and cried. It was like the day before a show and I was like, I don't want to get on stage because I don't look good. I don't I look worse than the last time I got on stage like I need to be leaner and this and that and I was like and I was like I'm just telling you guys because I know that you know people look up to me who's competing and I just want to show you that like it's it's actually really difficult and it's like a bit of a head fuck yeah um so like I tried to be really honest about that stuff and I posted a lot on my like snapchat at the time and stories and stuff like that but you know like looking back I'm like I still made it look fun and it was actually a really hard time in my life there was still positives and benefits and I learned a lot um and I have to be thankful I guess for the social media following that came along with people interested in that journey and it's led you to doing what you do now yeah well I think it just really gave me that perspective of like I don't want to do this (laughs) yeah well I've been on both ends of that like spectrum where I was overweight and unhealthy and then I was underweight and unhealthy and I was like well where the fuck am I going to feel my best yeah and it was just kind of finding out that sort of middle ground for me is what led me to just get to a good place now. Like, I don't think I would be as happy in my body now if I hadn't have been that low weight and been like, well, that didn't make me happy either. So why not just focus on like having a good life now? What would you say to someone who's going through the, uh, let's call it the pendulum or the, mm-hmm. you just said I went from one extreme to the other. And yeah. I know a lot of people being in the fitness mm-hmm. industry who are going through that. I actually saw a client of mine the other day and she looked very, very, very thin. Like mm-hmm. she's down to like, 47 kilos it's and she's tiny. she's she's taller than you like she's she That's shouldn't so be there. and I and you can just tell and like I've got a scan she'd gone from like I think it was like 70 kilos down to this so yeah. she would I'd say she's in that period she's yeah. in that sort of like finding mm-hmm. it out um so whether they're on the the smallest side of the scale or yeah. the the other side of the scale like where what would you just say to people to get to the the end point where maybe understand that that's not the pinnacle doing a fucking comp is not the pinnacle it's like how do you get to the point where you're happy and you you actually just don't give a shit that much like you're just doing what you love because of what you love like what would you say to someone to help them get there it's really hard because i think that happy point is different for everyone as well as your natural set point in your weight is different for everyone some people can really easily maintain a low body weight and that's just how their body works for me no my body likes to be around sort of the mid 60 kilos I'm a little heavier now thanks to COVID. Um, <laughs> but I'm like fine with yeah, it because wrong with it. I don't give a shit. Like doesn't make a difference in my life. But you know, that's kind of where I can really easily maintain and I don't have to do much to kind of hang there. Awesome. And that's like lucky for me that I feel good at that weight, whereas a lot of people don't and they wanna continually be like pushing against that. So I guess 
like what I kind of want people to find is that point where they really can balance their physical health and their mental health at the same time because a lot of people will sacrifice one to improve the other. Like I definitely sacrificed my mental health to look a certain way and really I sacrificed my physical health too. I lost my period for a while. I was so fucking unhealthy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. It was only kind of like one missed period here or there. Like, I yeah. didn't have any lasting damage. Yeah. So, very blessed versus yeah. other people that have. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard the stories. Um, but I was like really low in energy, <laughs> couldn't function. Like, as much as I had clients coming in, like, I don't feel like I was the best coach I could be because I didn't have the brain power. Yeah. Even in my PT sessions, I would sit down so much. Like, naturally, my body was trying to... Were you PT? Energy. Yeah. What were you doing during that two-year yeah, period? Was, what were you doing I was work? PTing and coaching. Fuck, you would have yeah. had long days. Yeah. Well, I was not doing a lot of face-to-face PT because yeah. I was doing more online. Oh, you're doing online at the stage. I was doing online okay. as well. But, that would help you. But when I was in the studio, I would have... I kind of work maybe like three half days a week yeah. in the studio and the rest was all online. But yeah. when I I was training clients face to face I didn't even realize I was doing it and I'd be like watching them doing their reps counting for them and I'd just like naturally sit down yeah and I was like what am I doing it was yeah. my body trying to preserve energy because yeah. it was so depleted yeah um and I just didn't have the brain power to do anything I couldn't function and I was like oh I don't want to feel like this and mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing like I sacrificed a lot just to look that way thinking that that was going to be all happy and rosy and it really wasn't and, you know, at the other scale of things, like I was really sacrificing my physical health and really I was still not great mental health wise either when I wasn't looking after myself. Whereas now I wouldn't say I'm 110% perfect with mental health. You know, no I have perfect. my days, but I feel a lot less stressed about my journey. How would you get the, maybe the summarize you and what you're fucking great at. How do you get people to get the balance? That's probably if just from hearing what I've heard today. It's oh, like that's a really would you hard would you question. say would you say that's what you're really great at? Yeah, for sure. But so, it's, yeah. it's a different approach for everyone, and I think that's the thing because for some people, more balance is doing less, so less training, less dieting, and just you know trying to gain a bit more flexibility. But for other people, balance is actually doing more yeah. because there might be people that aren't taking care of themselves at all and are swinging that other way yeah. where they're just like going out every weekend eating trash and then I'll start again on Monday and then they don't and then they you know they're not caring for themselves so it's like it really depends on your starting point as to what that balance is for you how would you get them to get started though it's like I did um, a a live video before you got in this Mm -hmm. room and uh, the person I did with he actually mentioned the term like consciously incompetent and all those Mm -hmm. words it's like people are just unconscious of it yeah how would you get someone to just become aware that like look there's balance balance is different for everyone like you don't have to be this extreme or this extreme like how do you get people just to be like look stop worrying about the weight or stop worrying about the scale or stop worrying about how you look and just find your balance how do you get people to just get to that point where they're just even fucking aware of it yeah it's it's really hard it is so person dependent but i think just focusing on how you want to feel more than how you want to look is really like really that. important um and how you want your life to be because like there's this quote that i absolutely love and i use it a lot on my social media and it is um your best weight is whatever weight you are when you're living the healthiest life that you actually enjoy. That's fucking awesome. That's really cool. It's like, I live by that now. And I'm like, you know what? If my life is good and I'm happy with what I'm eating, I'm looking after myself with enough nutrients, but I'm also cool to like go to the movies and have popcorn and whatever and not think about it. You know, that's really good for me. Am I training enough to help tick off my strength goals, but not so much that I'm exhausted? Cool. Like, am I sleeping well? Am I 
having good relationships and you know just feeling full of life like mm. that's that's my prime and however my body looks while I do that as long as I know I'm genuinely trying to be as healthy as possible and feel really good I don't care how my body looks Beautiful. whatever happens happens can you say that quote one more time your best weight is whatever weight you reach while living the healthiest life that you actually enjoy boom banger right I love that <laughs> that to me says the start says the same say the start of it again so your best weight yep. is whatever weight you reach when while... you're living an inspired life that's what I would say just when you yeah, inspires you yeah that'd absolutely. be food travel relationships and all that stuff yeah that's for sure. fucking really cool mm-hmm. we've got to start to wrap it up okay. I would love to hear just mental health in general you've already touched on it in so many mm-hmm. different areas but what does mental health mean to you um I think just I mean, obviously feeling good is what we all want to achieve, but that doesn't mean that you're going to feel good 24-7. So yep. I think also just a lot of self, self-awareness is yep. really important. Um, for me, I'm completing a diploma in counselling because I really want to help people more Perfect. with their mental health and with kind of tying into body image and that relationship with food. Yeah. Um, but I struggle with my own mental health issues. Perfect. I have anxiety. I had seen counsellors, psychologists on yep. and off. I had period probably last year maybe the year before where I had six or seven months of consistently seeing a psychologist Um, and for me that was really just like a growth period of self-awareness and figuring out why I do the things I do and why I think the way I do and kind of learning how to override my negative thoughts and channel them into something more positive so for people to kind of find their place mental health wise I think yeah really getting to know yourself is really important and what makes you tick um, because you can tend to override a lot of behaviours if you change your thought patterns um, and I'm finding that really interesting in what I'm studying as well is just kind of the way we respond to things there's like um, well, in like CBT therapy so cognitive behavioural therapy there's yeah. like an activating action or event and then there's like a belief based on that and then your behaviour follows that belief awesome. so it's yeah. like someone called me fat that's the activating event so now I believe I'm fat and worthless that's and whatever story and so now I act in a certain way that is yeah. less confident whereas if you change that belief in the middle and go hold on they called me fat I don't care how they think I'm going to live my life in a certain way then your behaviour is different uh, the book I suggested before we started yes. the podcast is exactly up that alley I cannot wait to read yeah, it and, uh, it's called Psycho Cybernetics I can't remember the author I apologise is there um, an audio book version yeah audio book oh, I don't, I don't great, read <laughs> great walking <laughs> I, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah because this is my bread and butter this is yeah. what I do I, I'm the mind mechanic that's what I love but everything you said is right because in my world there's no such thing as a problem it's only events and your perspective on it yeah, because a, a breakup can break someone a breakup can make someone so yeah. So it's like example, and that's why I said we're not going to turn into a, a coaching session. But it's like when you go, when you go back to that seven year old you, where you mm-hmm. got called um, fat or overweight by that that boy that you said, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's the meaning that you attach to that situation? And it's like, and then that became a story. You repeated that. Then other things stacked on top of that. That became an identity for you. And then yeah. you lived that identity. Yeah, so absolutely. it's like, that's, this is what I love. Yeah. Because so, I had that belief at that point that, oh, that's actually a bad thing. Whereas like. It's like it, it, it's like people smoking. It's like smoking from a judgmental side of things is not bad. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. Are there consequences that come along with smoking? Absolutely. Your yeah. health's not going to be ideal. I wouldn't recommend it if you want to be healthy. Yeah. But from a judgmental, I don't care. Yeah. It's like that's where if you can really learn, and this takes me a very long time to remove your judgment from people and understand that it's like people will live and die by their beliefs yeah. like people will literally um like um people will run into a burning building to save a child yeah. that's their belief someone will run into a building to blow it up that's their belief it's yeah. like there's no right or wrong with that are there consequences of course but yeah
yeah, I think the biggest thing that you were even mentioning around that is like, just realize there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. There's no problem that, yeah, like, yes, you might have a bigger number on the scale. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't care. It's yeah. like that you can decide what that means to you and you've got the choice to. Um, but then you've got to decide what you want your life to be like. Do you yeah. want to be that person? Do you yeah. want to be that, etc. So how do you help your people, generally speaking, in terms of mental health? Like what would you, what's like exercise you do or what's something you do? If um, come, I know everyone's individual, like you said. Yeah. Um, but let's like say what's, okay, what do you do for your mental health? Um, well, I was seeing a psychologist for a while. Um, I have kind of, growing past that now I'm in a good place um thankfully well I love that. so well for me I really just focus on a lot of self-care I make sure I take time for myself especially, what's self-care to you um just actually taking time off work which is a really really hard one for me because I do offer seven day support for my clients so cool. I don't have days off as such cool. um but I have days where I don't sit at my laptop and I'll just do kind of some whatsapp replies in the morning and in the afternoon have the rest of the day completely off Perfect. trying to switch off trying to read more um what do you like reading um, at the moment, I'm really into a lot of self-help books just because I... I've read a ton, I can suggest. Yeah, oh my God, I would love that. More just to learn other perspectives to help my clients. Yeah, perfect. More so than anything. Um, and same with podcasts. I like to listen to things that will help me help my clients perfect. more. I guess which isn't really switching off because it's Go. kind of work-related. But well, it's I find it really like I learn stuff for myself as well. And sometimes it's like a massive light bulb moment for me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's such a good perspective. And that's going back to what we said before, your, your quote that you used. It's like, if you don't know what inspires you, yeah. it's not... It doesn't feel it's like, like work. For me, this is a Sunday. With, I've hired an Airbnb for the weekend for my partner, but I want to do a podcast. Yeah. This is, I, I've learned so much from this. And I yeah. thank you for coming down. It's like, but like people are like, fucking chill out. You got an Airbnb. It's Sunday. It's like, well, I, for me to walk, sit down and do nothing all day would actually make me feel shit. Same. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to do nothing, but I am working on that yeah. and trying to like at least do nothing for short bursts of each day yeah. and try and like, that's why I'm trying to get back into reading now because it's been a really long while because I, I struggle to switch my brain off. Whereas now I'm like 30 minutes of every day I'm going to read at whatever point of the day I can fit it in as long as I make sure I do it. Um, that's really important to me. So you yeah. Got, so self-care, you got taking time out for yourself, mm-hmm. whether that be reading, doing things that you love. What else do you do for your mental health? Um, you said you went through that psychologist period. Yeah. So would you say, actually, this is a good question. Would you say in that period, you learned some skills and tools in that period yeah. to then implement into your life? Yeah, maybe not so much skills and tools, but more so the self-awareness cool. to really get in tune with when am I struggling? What do I need to do in that situation? Like learn. I learned a lot about my boundaries, I think. Yeah. Um, and that just helped me to really kind of figure out like when I'm feeling overwhelmed and like to kind of cue myself to be like, okay, I'm struggling right now. or I'm feeling really anxious. I need to actually stop what I'm doing and go and look after myself awesome. instead of pushing through, which I used to do. So yeah. that's really important to me. Um, Cause I believe everyone's doing the best of what they can yeah. because if people aren't aware of it, it's yeah. like people might not be aware that they're not taking their time for themselves. Yeah. They're not aware that there's a way to regulate your breathing and change the meaning of situations. Sure. It's like, sometimes it's, you need someone to push you yeah. to do that. And yeah, I kind of had that nudge in the right direction. Now I can push myself to be like, Oh, okay, this doesn't feel good. Or like, I've just woken up on the wrong side of the bed today and I feel really anxious. So instead of going straight to my laptop, which I normally do, I'm going to go and sit at the beach and have my coffee there and just chill out for a little bit before I start, start the day with a little bit more clarity. Um, so that's been really helpful. And also one thing that, um, I think your listeners might really benefit from, especially if you have any females listening. Um, I have a free ebook on my website. Perfect. Um, the link is in my Instagram bio. It's called mindset makeover. Cool. I'm looking at um, it right now. It's a little 28 day 
it's like just a little PDF file that I've put together, but it's basically a bunch of tasks that I kind of implemented when I was on the journey of like self-acceptance after I'd gained some weight. Um, it's not specifically body image. There are a few things here and there that do touch on it, um, yep. but it's a free download through my, um, through my website. Um, and it just has a lot of like self-care tips and um, like gratitude. You like, you like purple, don't you? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, you like Everything's purple. purple on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's completely free for people to download. And many, many of those tasks are things that I personally did myself to get to the point that I am at now. Um, and it's, yep, no obligations. Just download it for free. Um, I just want to help people with that. So I think that'll be a really good thing for people to just kind of get more in tune with like what makes you great and... Um, yeah, kind of separate yourself from just your body and figure out what what makes you valuable. I love that. And thank you. This has been an amazing podcast. We covered a lot. We yeah. really covered <laughs> a lot. This is amazing. <laughs> I love it. You can't read my handwriting. Horrible handwriting. Um, Sammy, if people were to find you, like you just mentioned your Instagram, how could people connect with you, hit you up for your services or just have a chat or just say thank you for the podcast? What's, um, where can people find you? Uh, so my Instagram is Sammy Rose Fitness. So S-A-M-I, just one M. Yep. Um, and everything's basically linked through there. So you'll see like a click through link to my website on there. You can also DM me if you have any questions. I answer every single DM unless it's, you know. That's a scam or something. Yeah. yeah. Get more followers. Yeah. Hey, would, you like, would you like to pitch it, uh, purchase 10,000 followers? Yeah. Um, Not that, but, you know, genuine questions. I reply to all of them. That's um, awesome. I send voice memos a lot of the time if people really need Good. help. Um, Same. I find that really helpful. Yeah, I know. I love that you did that too. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the best thing. My email's through there as well, so you can kind of get everything through my Instagram. And what – this is the last question. I always end it with this. Whatever comes to your heart or your gut straight away. Okay. What is the one message Sammy Rose is going to share with the world? Oh, um, I guess because I am so big on body image, like one thing that I really want to get across with my social media and my coaching is that your goal weight is not the thing that's going to make you happy. Mm. Building a life that you really, really love is the thing that's going to make you happy. So that should always be the first goal. Amazing. We'll finish on that. Sammy, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had some fun. And um, guys, thank you for getting to the end of the podcast. If you have gotten this far, thank you for tuning in. Leave a review, share this on Instagram, give myself and Sammy a tag or send either of us a message if you got some value out of it. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Bye.